वेलकम टू शुभी एंड फ्रेंड्स स्टार्ट बुक क्लब वेर वी डिस्कस बुक्स ऑब्वियसली एंड सम रैंडम इंटरेस्टिंग फैक्ट्स अबाउट देम हाय आई एम शुभी आई एम अन्नपूर्णा आई एम मेरी हेलो वेलकम बैक टू द पॉडकास्ट वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग आर सीरीज ऑफ टॉकिंग अबाउट ऑथर्स एंड एंड देयर एसेस अबाउट राइटिंग एंड रीडिंग uh today we're uh, discussing the first one in a really nice book called this is the story of a happy marriage by ann patchett um ann patchett is a uh, american uh, author many of her articles in magazines like the new yorker um in gq 17 and uh, she's written many books there there's this one called bel canto which i think was her most famous one um and she's also her book has also been a finalist for the pulitzer prize uh the one that we are talking about um which is called this is the story of a happy marriage is a series of uh articles or experiences that trace her life um and her journey so far um so that's a little introduction Shubhi, how did you like the book? Like the story, I mean. I've always wondered how is Christmas for people who celebrate it because we have adopted Christmas in India, but of course, uh, we must be celebrating it very differently. And there are so many movies. that show how people are stressed when christmas approach like some a lot of them are happy but a lot of them feel stressed as well so this first person account by someone who write knows how to write in a manner that you feel like reading it at one go was uh, was really awesome uh gives us a perspective on why it can be stressful as well but it doesn't have to be stressful always. i should like probably have started with the name of the story which the is called story. how to read a christmas Saints. story um and uh so it's like i said it's um, the book traces and patchett's life so this um is a story or a story or about um her family and their traditions around christmas in a modern sort of setting where it's um where where there are i think they're called bonus families but anyway there are extended um it's it's a very modern environment um and how they still try to retain a little bit of the family spirit mary what did you think i think culturally this is probably closest to where you live so yeah i mean um i i i think i was drawn in by the very first sentence which i'm going to quote it says i've never liked christmas and then the second sentence is in my family there were happy thanksgivings and tolerable easters but christmas was a holiday we failed at with real vigor and i thought wow i can't wait to read the story because as you as you both hinted at 
the picture of Christmas in in the, the media, in um, movies and in books and in TV shows, around, you know, that center around that time, paint this variable picture, but it always feels like even though you're stressed, everything's going to come out okay in the end. And I love how she led with, we really failed at Christmas and um, kind of drew you in. Um, and you knew that this was not going to be one of those um, in the States, we have this channel called the Hallmark Channel where everything, you know, all the heroes and heroines are beautiful and they go back to the small town and learn a good lesson and, you know, find the meaning of Christmas. Um, so this was this was a hint that this was not going to be that kind of story, um, though in some ways at the end um, she did kind of um, settle into a Christmas that that worked for her. Um, I thought it was also really uh, compelling and interesting how she took the perspective of the bonus family or the or the blended family um, and how this impacted the children. And, and you could tell that nobody with with these types of arrangements where her step siblings were on planes, on Christmas so that they could spend part of the Christmas with their, with their birth mother and part with their dad. Um, that Ann Patchett and her sister would be, would felt like they betrayed their father because they didn't get on a plane and go to see him that they were in um, with their mother on Christmas. It just, it was very compelling for me and engaging. And, and um, she was, she was really good about showing what the child's perspective is on that and how um, perhaps the adults thought that they were doing um, well. The, the dad in California thought he was being stoic, you know, with his daughters on the phone on Christmas, but that his sadness really seeped into the phone call. Um, it just, uh, just made me feel so... Um, so sad for those children of like, there was nothing good that was going to come of that for them, for none, for any of them. They were either tired by travel or guilty or sad and managing their, their adult parents' parents' sadness or um, sense of abandonment. So it's kind of a sad story. <laughs> When I read this story, uh, one of the things that I, I was feeling is as an adult in the story, uh, you know, while I understand how the kids were stressed because of the reason, some reasons, but the if they would have done it the other way, which is to say that, say, father uh, just calls them, but uh, wishes and moves on or doesn't call them at all the two other options or uh, the other stepkids are not asked to travel every Christmas. Any other option is as sad as what was happening in the story and would have been stressful, as stressful because the situation is anyways like that, that the parents are divorced, they are not together, 
they don't know how to handle it the situation and any and in any way they try to handle kids would have ended being stressed of either being ignored or you know feeling that one of the parents is sad because they are not together i actually thought what uh, i really liked is that she's not trying to tell us how to feel i mean uh it it considering the situation it felt like a perfectly reasonable alternative of how to manage like you everybody wants to be together and nobody wants to feel left out and the fact that out of that came this really sweet tradition also i think was uh something that i really liked because it was it was just so personal um and also that they were not trying to or that she was not trying to like romanticize the holiday it's it a lot of it is just about logistics and making sure you know how do you keep up the tradition so i think i thought that was like really well done and really well communicated do you guys have quirky uh, traditions in holidays or in in like something that's just so specific to your unit i'm all about traditions um in my in my life and we have these family traditions that we created ourselves because we were away from family. So my, so my family lives on the um other side of the country and when my children were young, I I felt like it was important for us to establish our own traditions. Um and I'm realizing with my children in some ways that's become a little tyrannical um for them. because um my daughter said to me recently uh, we were talking about christmas and the stress of travel and the cost the expense and all of those things and and i said to her well christmas is just a day and we could celebrate on a different day and she was like but i wouldn't be home for this and i wouldn't be you know and it felt like it felt like those traditions are almost too much now and and that there's no there's almost like it's not christmas for her if we don't do certain things and and i realized that um i didn't intend to go out and make it so inflexible for sure but now it feels that way a little bit for for at least one of my children where it wouldn't be it wouldn't be christmas if we didn't do these certain things on a certain day like we always have done so that doesn't answer your question about what the traditions are but um yeah we definitely have we definitely have these kind of quirky family only things that we do um you know on certain days yeah so we have one which is just so specific to what uh to our family that only the five of us get it like the the grandchildren they don't get it is um, so and it's it's sort of born from a mistake uh so my so there are these pujas or this um which is essentially like on ganesh chaturthi we worship ganesh and then so, you know so there's 
and and we chant uh, mantras and in in every um every such puja that happens you invoke ganesh first uh, and there you have to uh, there is a place where in in the mantra itself there is a sort of blank which is to say you have to essentially say the name of the day in the hindu calendar because it changes every year uh, so it's a specification for that day or or it follows that or something and we don't really know what to say there so my father just says om dash dash yat because we don't know what to say there and <laughs> and that's just now become tradition so in every puja we just wait for look at his face to see if he's going to say that or not and if he's if one of us is not in town we then call each other to say did he say om dash dash yat and then we look at our faces and then it continues yeah and so i think that's one that we have and uh, it's just strange that it it's across multiple festivals uh, but to your point on um, being home for the holidays at least the really big ones i remember in college for diwali it was just it was, i decided to stay back in delhi because it was too much travel for just two days uh and it was just and i realized it was such a wrong decision especially for something the size of diwali because the whole campus left it was literally just the two of us on campus and it is the most depressing thing ever so you know is all the big ones find a way come back is my advice Yeah, so when we uh, so Diwali is one that I would typically, but even when I shifted to Bangalore, I'll ensure I come back to Delhi because it was not Diwali if I wasn't in Delhi for some reason, and e uh, and when we shifted to Delhi, even then there was only one Diwali where uh, I was living away from my parents. and i think in the morning we decided this is too much so we'll go and live with our parents for diwali it's and a lot of people say you should celebrate diwali at your own house we were like we don't care this is depressing for us and for them because both their kids are in town but they are not really they will visit but they're not really staying and even me and charan were not enjoying so we we went and we stayed throughout that holiday uh, of 3 4 days with them so i think that's something i've always felt that diwali is not diwali we are not at home and uh, and you know uh, on in lot of these festival there's one particular dish that my mother makes which you can make any other time as well it's a very simple thing but we you know till date neither me or my sister make it we make my mother only do it and she comes home to eat it on all those festivals when it is supposed to be made and then we have told our mother not to make it ever on any other day so that that becomes the dish for some festivals and the decoration also i mean we might change how we decorate or something but some basic level of decoration that we do and but it is also not fun if i have to do it on my own or you know my dad and i uh, would do now and we'll ensure everybody gets up and does it with us it's not if we are the two only doing it so 
so yeah but but like you uh, like anna uh, you were saying that it's costly to travel we would have booked that ticket 6 months in advance and even flight people know this is diwali week they'll already be really costly than any other time but yeah if you book 6 months in advance you know you'll get it and then we'll in somehow even if the client work is there we'll somehow ensure we just go and visit every time but i think one one diwali we could not and it was just too sad to not go what's it going to be like for you though when your children your own children grow up and maybe they want to go to your house for diwali <laughs> and not your your parents home no so for me for them it's like for that will be one and the same thing right uh, i okay. live with my parents yeah. so that is yeah. that is kind of same but uh, the different would be that if they don't want to live come home and i oh. think we are kind of prepared for that as well that might just happen with next generation like already they don't understand why unless we get crackers for them they just don't get the gist of why it's special and sometimes when i reflect i think crackers was one of the most essential parts for sure of celebrating diwali but uh, you know i've been trying to find that tradition other than cracker crackers that would make it special and i still have not like i keep on asking nearly everyone i meet during diwali saying do you have a tradition for diwali maybe just one or two activities games or something that you play just then and that makes it special and i don't think i think we all are struggling with because in our time cracker was such a such an essential part of it but now because of environmental reasons it's not and i think we are looking for those traditions that we can have throughout the day which you look forward to which are enjoyable enough but yeah we haven't discovered so, i'll tell you a tradition that i that i do um on thanksgiving talking about the one of those weird family traditions so american thanksgiving is coming up next week um and what we do is i have this this like sort of soup tureen um a soup tureen that has like it's in the form of a chicken and you take the lid off as the chicken's like head and upper body. So, um what and and it's you know, it's got a big empty space in the middle. And so what we do is what we uh we call the chicken of truth. And so there's little questions in the chicken um that you I hold it up, you have to pick out a a question out of the chicken of truth and you have to answer it. Um no matter what you pick, right? And so some of the questions are you know fun things like um what's the you know what's the what's been a favorite movie or TV show that you've watched this year or um what's something that you learned this year some of those kinds of questions but then there's also questions like tell us something that you did that you um were no- that was naughty and you got away with cuz nobody else knew until now those kinds of questions so you um <laughs> so it's been i enjoy it i don't i mean my kids kind of play along <laughs> with it <laughs> but 
it, it is one of our holiday traditions now, the chicken of truth. And everybody has to take a, at least one question. Hmm, that's interesting. So, you know, if you have any good ideas for um, questions, because I take them, you know, I they get used up and no, then um, I need new questions say, every year. So one. if you have any good ideas for questions, send them in. Let me know. Um, you get to pass once or you get to pass once or you get to assign the question to somebody else once. So you can pick it and you can say, oh, I don't want to answer this. Shuby, you have to answer this. And then Shuby would have to answer it. Um, but you can only do that once. Um, and, um, if, you know, if you pick, if you, um, say you pass, then you absolutely have to answer the next one that you choose. I can see this. Is I'm very, talk about tyrannical. I'm very clear about the rules. <laughs> and what if you get an answer? <laughs> and what if you get an answer that's controversial? What happens? Have you had fights happening over the table? No, no fights. Um, I have, you know, like... Um, my one of my children got the tell me a story, you know, story that I don't know that you were naughty, um, that kind of thing. And and my son <laughs> said to me, I'll tell you in five years. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how, how bad is it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> how bad were you? If you're not telling me now, you're telling me in five years. So that was in essence a pass. But it hasn't been. They're not they don't tend to be super controversial. They might be a little uncomfortable. Like I have to tell something about myself or whatever, but hopefully they're not inciting any like riots on, on the thing. We don't, we don't do politics or things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and has that five-year period expired? No, it's still no. Uh -uh. Are you keeping track of it? You bet I am. <laughs> <laughs> now I am as well when is it due Mary? well it was so it was last year um and <laughs> yeah I mean seriously like I was like it kind of makes me want to know more because I think how bad can it be if he, he is like he's an you know he's an adult living his life like how bad could it be yeah. if he won't tell me what he did <laughs> <gasps> So it is due in 27, I'll remind you. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I hope our listeners do remind you as well. <laughs> well, to, to kind of circle back to the story, the other the other piece of the story that I thought I was interested in, in hearing from you two about was that piece where her father read her, I think her father read her the story about the orphan who gave up her pencils, you know, for some other person who was worse yeah, off. Yeah, exactly it reminds me I of thought. that yeah. um, part of Little Women, where you know they're having this really little, yeah, like they're having this little tiny Christmas, and then their mom is like, "Oh, these immigrants." in the woods, they're worse off. Let's bring them our Christmas. And I was like, what the hell? No way. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, so chomping off, like to give them their Christmas. And this was the best Christmas ever. And I just was like, blah, throw up. Um, like who are these people? 
<laughs> um, so anyway, I was just thinking, am I the only um, selfish, self-centered person on this podcast? Or what would be your response if if uh, somebody told you to give up your own meager I, I also Christmas, did think of Christmas Diwali, whatever gift uh, that you got? For me, I, I think I would be uh, awkward, not awkward, but I like if there was a way to share maybe because i would also think about my in my reaction would most likely be like i have all of this and but and they don't so is there a way to share but i don't know in like meager circumstances what my reaction would be right <laughs> You are such a much better person than I am. I would have been like, no way am I sharing my pencils. No way. Which is why I probably, like you said. I'm an orphan. I deserve at least pencils. Yeah, same here. It's tough to imagine. And, you know, right now, all I can think of the gifts I have gotten. And uh, if you do, if you just like it, like it's nice, but you're okay to give it away, I would, I'm fine. But it's difficult to imagine meager. uh, They are kids and we are answering this as an adult as well, I guess where we know we should share, we are asked to be generous and kind. So those are so ingrained. So even when you don't want to, like sometimes I don't want to share maybe just a piece of chocolate that I got with so difficulty from my daughter. But then I am, maybe as an adult, I'm like, if I don't, then she won't learn and all those things. So it's, I think I'm finding it tough to put myself in that situation of a seven-year-old who hardly ever gets gifts. So it's very difficult to answer. (laughs) Maybe you remember your reaction when you read Little Woman when you were young. Well, I do have a funny uh, holiday Little Woman story if you want to hear that. Okay, this is my last one about my like how miserable a like person I am, Um, because I had a a girlfriend in my neighborhood, my best friend, who had these um, beautiful dolls on the shelf. They were this this brand. It was called Madame Alexander, and their dolls were. Um, just dressed up and there were, there were either characters or princesses or like, um, you know, uh, like, so she had sleeping beauty and she had Cinderella and they were just these really tall, uh, like, a uh, tall, beautifully dressed dolls and they would live on her shelf and I would just admire them. And I desperately, desperately wanted, a Madame Alexander doll. And um, so one year at Christmas, I think it was about seven or eight. Um, maybe I'm, I must have been actually a little bit older. I must have been more like nine or ten. Um, because at Christmas, and I still, you know, still believed in Santa. Children on the podcast, Santa's real. Um, I... <laughs> 
I got this box. It opened it up and I got a little women book. It was abridged for my age. And um, I got one of the little women and it was Beth. And even at nine years old, I was like, Beth sucks. I, I do not. <laughs> like, Beth is the one who's like, I'm so perfect. I'm su such a perfect human that I've got to die because, uh, you know, I'm so good and, and I can't live in this world anymore. And on Christmas Day, I was like, I had read enough of Little Women, the abridged version, you know, before to be like, Okay, you. This sucks. <laughs> like, I get one little. I get one Madame Alexander doll in my entire life. It's the smallest version. So Santa really cheaped out on, on the tiny version. And it is the one that nobody wants. It's Beth. <laughs> so anyway, and now I still have Beth. <laughs> It's in the closet. Where I kept is your it. Nowadays? Uh, my mom, well, my mom keeps everything. <laughs> and so last, a couple times, a couple trips ago when I was home, she made me go through all of, all of my dolls. And yeah, there was Beth. And I told her this, you know, I told her how much I hated Beth at that. Um, and she's like, oh, I don't remember that. And I was like, oh God, <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> I know. Could I get Joe? Who was like a badass, proto-feminist badass? No, I didn't get Meg, who was the pretty one, or Amy, who was like the artist. No, I got the boring, perfect one, who was like, "Let's give up all our Christmas gifts for the people who were worse off." And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. Maybe my mom was trying to teach me something. If you had to play with them. No, <laughs> I never played with it. Compassion 101, Mary. <laughs> it did not make the. <laughs> Even if uh, you were playing with the doll, like Beth would have to lie down while the others were. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. Um... <laughs> we're horrible people, thank you. <laughs> All of us. It's more like therapy today. <laughs> so on that note, that is it for this episode of Shubhi and Friends. Please tune in for more fun episodes soon enough. <laughs> Remember to like us on Instagram and subscribe to our channel on whichever medium you are listening to us. I am Shubhi. And we're her friends. And we started a book club. Goodbye for now.